You're listening to the Gunslinger Podcast, a production of Flying Tom Studios. And now here's your hosts, the Apostle and Green River. Simmer down, everyone. Yep, here we are. Back again. Bright, sunny day here in Kentucky. Hopefully it is wherever you are as well. Season's greetings for those of us that are in the shooting season at this point. Uh, We can use that, right? Christmas people, they don't mind, right? Yeah, it's April. I mean, we're far enough away. We don't have to buy rights to that. I don't think so, no. Happy shooting season. Let's just say that. (laughs) So... Yeah, season is in full swing. Myself and the missus headed to Georgia in a few in a couple days from right now. Of course, it will be happening by the time you hear this podcast. We'll be at least in the main match by the time you hear this podcast in uh, Canton, Georgia. Hopefully, you're there. If you are there, then you're probably not hearing this till the match is over. That's uh, the the Georgia State shoot, right? That will be the first Georgia State match held on Georgia dirt. Uh, looking forward to it. They got the ranges up. They look pretty good from the videos I've seen. So I, I'm pretty excited. It ought to be a good time. Sounds fun. You, you know, the thing that I enjoy the most, I think, about uh, titled matches like that is that they provide ammo because I just, I hate loading and cleaning my shells and loading my own ammo. I just hate yeah. it. It's just not my favorite well, thing to do. You know, that is... That is the great necessary evil, I think, among the matches and things of that sort. So, yeah, that is one of the best things about the titled matches. I typically avoid loading the ammo here. I would almost rather sit through a gun safety course with Alec Baldwin than load the brass. Uh, So I typically let the missus grab a hold of that when she gets a chance. You might hate it more than I do then. Well, I just, I, it just bores me to tears. (laughs) Uh, We did get a great loading tool from Spitfire Wax. Uh, that has made loading around the house a little better. So I still don't do it. It's but bullet, she says bullet it works. Bullet loader, right? Yeah, little bullet loader. That works well. I'm going to get one of those myself. And uh, I got some great cleaning solvent also from them. So let me tell you this story, folks. So when I started in this sport, I was very inexperienced with single-action firearms. The first handgun I ever owned in my life was a Ruger Blackhawk three fifty seven. And I had it when I started, I still had it when I started Cowboy Fast Draw, barely ever shot it and uh, never took it apart or did anything like that. I ran a, took the cylinder out on occasion, but I never did anything beyond that. And uh, so when I got into Cowboy Fast Draw and uh, decided one day that, you know, I should take this gun apart and see if I can somehow improve it not having any shred of an idea <laughs> what I thought I was going to do. That certainly sounds like something you would do. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was, it was the, uh, well, the, the horrible idea of just, I got to see how it works kind of thing and took it apart. Almost never got, well, I didn't get it back together quite frankly. And actually for, for the first few years in, in cowboy faster, I just couldn't take these things apart and get them back together. And I've folks, I fixed million dollar machines for a living, but for some reason, these, Vaqueros just whipped me, and uh, but I'm, I've gotten pretty good at them lately. And uh, another club member gave me one to work on here recently, and I took it apart. And I thought I didn't take care of my gun 
And I, <laughs> I, I, I dug enough dirt out of this one to grow corn in. Uh, so, yes, the wax solvent from Spitfire Wax, wonderful product. Look that up. Uh, let me tell you. But, you know, back to the broken gun that I had to fix. Uh, thank you. First of all, let me throw a big nod out to uh, to Brad Turner, Gun Doc in Virginia, uh, for always answering the phone and putting up with my idiotic questions. He kind of walks me through some w- working on some guns every now and then. I'm not recommending you all try that, but he helped me. Uh, I'll let him be the judge of that. Uh, actually, it's too late. I've already plugged him, so call him if you <laughs> he, want. He may I, not answer the phone anymore. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I've gotten pretty decent at putting these things back, you know, taking them apart, changing them apart, putting them back together at this point, and, and they actually work. And I, I worked on a few, worked on a, a clone this this last week as well. And I, I the long and short of that is I, I'm one of those people that likes to take them apart see how they work and put them back together. Now that I've gotten somewhat acquainted with how to do that properly, uh, I enjoy it more than I did when I couldn't figure it out. Right. So I, I kind of dig working on the guns now. We in, in our house mostly shoot new Vaqueros. Uh, we have some clones and I've, I've shot some clones and I've often said that I would swap to them at, at some point and may still at some point because they're tremendously easier to work on. But... We typically shoot uh, new Vaqueros in the house. We shoot uh, a lot of 510s, 511s, and that's a serial number for those of you that don't know what those numbers mean. It's an older, those are two older models in the new Vaqueros, and we we shoot them stock. Uh, Original springs, original parts, original, you know, they're like they just come out of the box kind of thing. And any of the 512s that we have are up, we, we lighten the spring a little bit. And we've gotten to work, you know, the, the original time, you know, we asked someone to show us how. Now we do it ourselves. Uh, but that's really all the maintenance, aside from some cleaning, that we do to our guns. Uh, a lot of folks have them tuned. I know there's people around the country that will that offer to, to take a firearm and smooth them out and tune them and things of that sort. How many of you do that? How many of you are shooting a gun, you know, like you just picked it up off the shelf? How many of you are shooting one... You know, that's been finely honed. Uh, me personally, I break them so often that I just, it, it just, the idea of sending it to someone to get it all fancied up just for me to get it back home and snap a transfer bar in half just breaks my heart. But I, how many of you all do that? And are you happy with those results? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. How many of you actually work on your own guns? Tell us the process that you do, that you do that with. Well, now you, uh, you shoot long gun from time to time. I don't, you had one whole year, I think, right? Where you shot uh, nothing but... I shot a couple years. What is... what is, is Is your long gun a Colt clone, or do you have a couple? So Tell me a little bit about that. All my long guns are also new Vaqueros uh, that, I, that I currently have, and 510 new Vaqueros. That's all we have, five, you know, the older series. So to give you all a story about the horrible negligence of Green River and his horribly abused... Uh, Sarah McLaughlin sing a song about them firearms that I have. <laughs> you know, piss on those dogs. Send some money to my poor, you know, damaged and uncared for guns. But anyway, so early on and also in Cowboy Fast Draw, I didn't th- find the need to clean my barrel quite as important as I do now. And I'm shooting a match one day uh, with a long gun. I had just recently gotten a long gun, was having a ball with it. And I had been doing pretty good. The next thing I know, I, I get into a real missing streak, and we've all been there. 
you're just wearing the target out. Next thing you know, you can't hit it. You can't hit it. You can't figure out why. And a much greener Green River finally realized after about the sixth miss that, hey, my bullets aren't coming out of the barrel anymore. <laughs> How many had you packed into the barrel at that at point? I packed at least six bullets <laughs> in that barrel to a point where I had to bring it home and take a tent stake and drive it through the barrel to yeah. get all the wax out. So don't do that, folks. Be smarter <laughs> than your old narrator and take a little bit better care of your gun. But to go back to your earlier question, yeah, I... I kind of got into shooting just the long gun back about 2019, somewhere in that neighborhood. I it, For a long time, I, I would just go... I, I had an uncanny knack of just being able to go back and forth. Uh, and I, I I would start doing poorly with one and immediately go back to my four and a half and, shoot and do well. And then I'd start doing poorly with it and go back to the seven and a half. So by long gun, for those of you that may not be as familiar with what we're talking about... So the old single-action armies, 1873, the cavalry model was a seven-and-a-half-inch barrel. That's what you would have seen Matt Dillon using. So big, long barrel, which is a whole lot more to pull out of a holster than a little four-and-a-half-inch gun that most of us actually do use. Yeah, I tried, sport. I think, one time in practice. Um, I think Rebel Bill gave me his long gun. Yeah, which is an 1875 Remington, the boat anchor, as yeah. we refer to it. And this it. was just in practice. This wasn't in a match, but... But it, it, it felt like I needed to get my elbow above my head to ever get that gun out of the holster. It just, it, it felt so long. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was insane. Who knew that that extra couple inches of barrel would amount to so much? Keep those jokes to yourself, folks. We all know that was a good opening. We're not going there. Uh, just joke amongst yourselves. But I, uh, I, I'd kind of gone into that, uh, that back and forth kind of deal. Well, I in the summer of of nineteen, I think it was nineteen. I I I had been shooting short gun out of a Mernicle rig, had had a lot of good luck with it. Had trained for a match in Virginia, had myself well practiced, whatever for this for this match in Virginia, and got there and we had a little like a beginning match on the on the Thursday. I think it was before a little three X match. And I was out in three rounds. I, I don't think in three rounds that I ever touched the target. Maybe once. Uh, I was distraught just at how poorly I did. The next day we come in. It's category day, men's traditional, because I'm still young, kind of. And three up, three down, I'm out. I Again, don't know if I ever touched. Couldn't figure out. I just something had gone wrong with my draw. Don't know what I'm doing wrong. Get into the shooters category later, because at that point I'd been sitting around with my thumb firmly wedged in my butt with nothing else to do, <laughs> and strap on the old long gun and get into to shootest. First two rounds, I'm out. You know, I, I lose the first two rounds, and I'm just, I just, I don't know what to. I'm ready to pack up and go home. I don't know why everything is going so poorly. And I remember me and Copperhead Kid were in this together, and he was having about the same luck I was that year. And we kind of got off to the side and said, look, we're, man, we're going to have to kind of refocus on this. Let's at least just poke this thing enough to stay in the match for a little while. And uh, so I did. I slowed down just a tad to, to, to get myself back on focus. And, and it worked out because I ended up winning that whole event. I won the, the entire shooters category. And Copperhead, for those of you that don't know him, he's the freak of nature. Uh, just 
super duper fast. His I, I watched him shoot a three eleven out of his long gun. That's wild. Yeah, we were that is crazy. We were slowing down so we could hit. <laughs> yeah, let me throw that out there too. Uh, but it, you know, I go on to win the shooters division, and then decided, you know what? I actually started hitting the target to be stupid to change now. So I left my long gun on for the Virginia State match, and ended up winning the whole friggin' match yep. with his long gun. Uh, and after that, it was I, I was a junkie, and I kept a long gun on almost exclusively for the next few years. And to this day, I I, I like the long gun better. What, what happened with me and why I'm not currently shooting one is, yes, it's a whole lot more. It's not that much heavier to get it out. And, and I believe the balance is better on a long gun. At least I think so. Uh, you may disagree and you may be right if you do disagree. But for me, it always just felt better. My accuracy level was better. My numbers were better accuracy. Obviously, it was a little slower, but it was you know, my numbers were good. I could still hit mid threes with it up to, to low, low fours to mid threes. It varied quite a bit because I have a terrible draw. But you know, I did well with it. But it's that extra jerk in your shoulder that finally got to me to a point where I, I don't, I think it was the year before last, I just, I, I had to stop. And and I have ridiculous hobbies. Uh, you know, I have this fast draw thing and I also forge blades and weapons and weird things out in the shop. So that involves me swinging a hammer a tremendous amount. And then I've made all these weird bladed weapons and things. And then I thought, hey, let's build a whole range to throw these items and turn this <laughs> into a game now. And at 43 years old, I just don't have the the shoulder power to do everything anymore. So I had to give up the long gun. But I do miss it at times. And it, it's gotten really, it, you, you're seeing more long gunners, you know, pure long gunners too, not just what is referred to as the dabblers. And if you want to be a dabbler, be a dabbler. But you got to love those pure shooters. Uh, folks like BA from, from Virginia and then Utah and then we're yeah. Virginia again, wherever they're living now, I'll see him in a couple of days. Uh, very big early influence for me. Uh, the counselor, Russell duty was a big influence for me shooting a long gun and uh, just enjoyed watching these people do as well as they did. And now you're seeing, I think I was, I think quick cow was the first person to ever win a titled event. And in CFDA, now I don't know about the other organizations. I don't know if there's a long gun division in WFDA. Somebody can tell me, uh, or OFDA. Somebody can tell me. I know in CFDA there is a shooters division, implying you're using a seven and a half inch gun and a Slim Jim California pattern holster. Uh, but the first person to win a titled event against everybody with it was Quick Cal. I think I was number two, and I think there are six people now. I think KK Kid was like the first lady to do it. Uh, Gambler has won a couple events. Well, he's just, the only one that's won multiple. And this Florida event that just happened, uh, Catskill, Gene, and Tinbender both with a long yeah. gun. And just just last week, you know, we talked to Oregon Ranger, and he, that was that was a goal for him. He wants to win fastest gun alive with a long gun. Yeah, that's, you know, that's after where doing he wants it six go. times with a with a dinky little gun, right? You know, why not? <laughs> they. Uh, What's the the fella up north that shoots the the, the bunt line? Uh, Wendy Winchester, a ten and a half, you know, twelve inch gun, something wow. like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He let me try it one time in Arkansas, and I told him if I can hit a three out of it, I'm just going to keep it. <laughs> like he couldn't have just beat the crap out of me and took it back. But I told the I told him that, and I think I hit the pole with a four oh five once. I consider that good enough, so I just gave it back to him. And uh, but. For you shootist enthusiasts, for you long gun enthusiasts, tell us why you love the long gun. Uh, 
Why do you like that extra little bit of challenge? What's your goals for that long gun? Talk to us a little bit about that, and uh, we'd love to love to hear your responses from it. All right, folks, here we are. Today's guest, Jesse James from down in Texas. Sir, how are you today? Well, I'm doing fantastic. I'm sitting in my range right now loading bullets, getting ready to do some shooting this evening and a little practice. A little practice. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not big on the loading bullets part of it, but I guess it has to be done. Yeah, well, somebody has to do it, and I seem to be the one that gets chosen to to reload everything, get ready. So that's uh, that's my little cup of tea, I guess. <laughs> well, everybody's got to have something. So, yeah. sir, tell us a little well, bit about yourself, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do and how you how you live your life when you're not a big gunslinger. Oh boy, <laughs> that's a that's a loaded question there. Well. Actually, I'm a chemical salesman. I sell to uh, car washes and car lots and detail shops, and I've been doing that for about 25 years. Been making it all myself, uh, my partner and I, and we have a crew now. Uh, after about five years, it helps us get everything made up, putting jugs and gallon jugs and fives and 55s, and that's what we do. That's my living. That's what I do when I'm not gunfighting. Uh, Sassy, uh, that I'm with, uh, she was a district manager for Bed Bath and & Beyond and Bye Bye Baby and all that kind of stuff. And I retired her so she could travel with me uh, when we got into CFDA. But we, uh, we do that for, for a living. And I travel all over Texas and Oklahoma. And, uh, and we go as far down South Texas. I've got five trucks and five trailers running. So that's who we are. And that's what we've been doing for the last 25 years. Now I'm 69 years old and I'm trying to retire. Nobody wants to buy me out because they don't like traveling. Well, I understand. I traveling is involved a lot in my job and I've taken a lot of pains to make sure I don't do it anymore. And I have to, so hopefully somebody that likes being on the road will come along for before long and buy you out then. Well, I hope so. It's it's uh, kind of a dying breed. Nobody likes traveling anymore. It used to be a lot of people that always want to buy me out, but here in the last 15 years, nobody wants to do that no more. You travel too much. I wear a truck out uh, about every two years and buy another new truck, so hmm. I put about 200,000 miles and it's time to go. So, Well, well when you're not doing that, you're a very well-known uh, man in the fast draw culture. Uh, both in CFDA and the XFDA. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into this fast draw lifestyle. Well, we were reenactors with uh, RGA. It's kind of funny because I, I was district manager for uh, RGA, uh, national director for RGA, Reenactors Guild of America. Then I got into CFDA, Cowboy Fast Draw, and then I got into Extreme Fast Draw, XFDA. So everything I've done in the last 20 years had letters <laughs> you know, right. uh, they were named certain stuff so back in 2006 a guy named lightning jesse uh had contacted me he was one of my reenactors and he said hey i got this fast draw thing going on because before that we shot balloons during our competition of reenacting we'd do shows and at noontime we would shut down for an hour and we would shoot balloons and do fast draw with sloppy hosters 
could, if you can imagine that. Right. And that's what we did uh, until everybody ate dinner, and then we went back into doing shows and uh, for the competition and stuff. So he told me, he said, hey, you, you like that fast draw shooting balloons? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I got something else I want you to check into with me. And I said, what's that? He said, it's called CFDA, Cowboy Fast Draw. And I said, oh. What do they do? Shows and fast draw? He said, no, just strictly fast draw. So I said, all right. So I got in it with him, and uh, we did it in Gainesville, Texas in 2006. 2007, somebody said, let's have a state shoot in Texas. Never had one before. And I said, really? He said, yeah. How we do it? He said, well, I don't know. I'll have to do some checking. So he got a hold of Cal to find out how we do a state shoot. He let us know. And then Mongo and Winch lived in Colorado. They said, we'll come down and help you. You'll come and help us. And they said, yeah, for Cowboy Fast Draw. Yeah. Cool. Let's have a state shoot. You know, so we did the, in 2007. So as we got together, Mongo and Wentz come in there, and they told us what we had to do ahead of time. So we got all the paperwork done. We got all the trophies made, blah, blah. We was ready to rock and roll. Didn't have any clue of what's going on because we never been to a state shoot. We were just a club doing fast draw. Mongo comes in. We line it all out. Great guy. He wrote the rules for CFDA. And he said, this is what we're going to do in the morning. We get together at 8 o'clock, everybody signs in, and we start to shoot. You already know that part. And I said, yeah. And he said, all right, well, I'll go through the rules and regulations. You go through the prayers and the pledge. And I said, not a problem. I can do that. In the process of doing that, I go out there with my gun and my holster on, and I'm walking around, and I'm twirling my gun because I'm a twirler. I do that. I've done it in reenacting for years, whip-popping, rope-twirling, and uh, – Twirling my gun, throwing it over my shoulder and catching it, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff that everybody did. And Mongo comes running over to me, and he said, hey, we need to go over here side the building and have a talk. And I said, all right. So we walk over there, and I'm twirling my gun when I'm walking with him because that's what I do. We get over, and he said, what are you doing? I'm twirling my gun. You didn't read the rules, did you? Well, yeah, I scanned through them. He said, well, okay, here's the rules. So I'm going to tell you this. Do not take that gun out of that holster when you put it on, unless you're up on the firing line or dry fire or the cleaning table or, 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 or putting it back in your bag. That's the, that's the rules. He said, yeah, so I can't do this. He slapped my hand. Quit doing that. <laughs> so that's how I got into Cowboy Fast Draw in 2007, holding the first state Texas shoot. The first team in Texas is how we got started. And, uh, we had the first uh, Texas State, the second Texas State, and the third Texas State. And then George came up, shot with us, a whole bunch of them. They started all their teams from shooting with us. And he wanted to do it. Hey, let him have it. Oh, sure. So he took it over, and that's where it's been uh, since uh, 2007. Good deal. A lot of history there. A lot there. of fun. It is. And we had a lot of fun. We met all the people. We went up to South Dakota and. And we went out to California and Arizona, and we met, kept meeting all these people. And I thought, oh, my God, I didn't know there was this many people in there. The highlight of the whole thing was the day that I met Quick Cow. And when I met him and met his wife, I thought, man, you got a great organization. All I knew how to do was fast draw. So he, we sat for hours talking about all the organizations he was in. And how he got all this started, and I said, I knew I, I was a reenactor. I had no idea about fast draw until 2006. In 2008 and 2009, I got into it heavy, 
and went to traveling all over the United States doing it. And it's been history since then. And then the XFDA got started. Hey, I want to shoot a blocker. I told Sassy, I met Sassy during reenacting, showed her how to shoot balloons. We'd done that. And I told her, get in this fast draw with me. So I went to Fort Worth to get her. And then we got started in CFDA. And then we got started in XFDA. And it's been history since then. We have had nothing but fun in all the organizations we've been around. Well, so it's been great. You've been doing this for quite a while then at this point. You've been, you've been around since the very early days. Uh, so at this point in 2023, what are your roles in both of these organizations? Well, in uh, CFDA, uh, I'm a uh, regulator in CFDA, and, uh, and I appreciate that, and I love it. And uh, we just kind of help cow out, right-hand man of cow. In XFDA, I'm the national safety officer, thanks to Mongo and Wentz out of Colorado. Mongo helped me write the rules for XFDA, so they'd be just a little bit different than CFDA, so we'd have two complete organizations and stuff. So that's where it's been, and, and that's what we've been doing. Uh, we still go to XFDA. We go to CFDA. Wherever there's a shoot at and we got time to take off, we're in my fifth wheel in the truck, and we're gone. And thanks to Miss Sassy, she uh, – Retired early, and uh, so she could go traveling with me because I'm self-employed. I can go anytime I want. There you so go. That's that's who we are and what we do now. Sounds great. So you've been doing this since the early days. Again, you were you were among the the first in Texas, and so you you've kind of seen the the sports grow along the way. Now here we are again in 2023. Uh, how are some ways to connect to today's people to the fast draw culture? Uh, how how do we tie this culture to today to today's people? Well, we did it, Great River. The the easiest way I knew how was we went to uh, Colorado to one of Mongo and Winch's shoot up there, and we went to Powderhorn Regulators up in South Dakota, and we went up there to South Dakota. Well, Mongo's first, and then we went to South Dakota, and they held a town folk alley before we started the competition. Now, oh, now wow. what? Tell our tell this, our people what that is. Townfolk Alley is where you set up a range for people to shoot on, and you can invite the public in, and you have people that loads their guns and unloads their guns and teach them the rules about shooting a target downrange of about 15 foot, and you let them try it and with single-action guns and show them how to load it and unload it and do everything, but we loaded and unloaded for them just for safety reasons, and we showed them how to do it, and then people, they would leave off the line, take their hostages off, they'd go to the back of the line, get back in line, come back and do it again, and it was just over and over. We just had to finally say, hey, folks, we're done. we we got to go. we got to go get something to eat because tomorrow starts a competition. we got to get some rest. They didn't want to leave, and that's how we got our members, and that's how I got my members here in the big city of Burnett, Texas, I got about, uh, oh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 15 members here uh, shooting with us and um, with Free Bolt Rangers for XFDA. And uh, we, uh, every time somebody comes in, brings somebody in new, we give them a holster and a gun and let them try it out. And they're hooked and they buy a gun and a holster and off we go. That sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, we, we have some luck with that. In, uh, in Kentucky, we did one. Matter of fact, we did one here last night at Bluegrass Fast Draw for some folks. Uh, the current president of Bluegrass Fast Draw was acquired from a men's group that came to shoot with us. And uh, so it 
you get them in there, get a gun in their hand, and it does. It it helps a lot. So that's a great that's a great tool. I probably myself have never seen anybody that didn't come back and want to shoot again after you treated them to a town folk alley or brought their kids in and wanted to know if they could shoot. And I told, I tell everybody eight to eight plus y'all can come in and we'll teach you how to shoot and how to hold a gun and how to handle a gun easily. And I've yet to have one person that did it, except we had a guy that lived in Hawaii. And I said, man, if you would join the club, we come over to Hawaii and we'll help you get a club started. <laughs> Cause I wanted to go to Hawaii. And well, yeah. Any, that. any excuse. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 but he he never did. But anybody local, we've never had what in in my opinion, we could have thirty, forty people lined up, but they're from, they're always from other parts of the country. So we hook them up with somebody in their part of the country. I told Sassy, we have probably ourselves have probably I'm just shooting off my head, a hundred people that had joined CFDA and XFDA because of us in a town folk alley and they lived in a different part of the country and they were just here for whatever reason. And it's worked great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Tell us, uh, so what, what are some current goals for you at this stage in the game? Well, at this stage in the game, I know you probably shot that. Well, I've watched you, so I know you come out of there like blazing saddles, boy. You just come rocking and rolling. And did good, and congratulations to your uh, two wins of the state and territorial there that that you took over. That's I think that's amazing, just in oh, your own right. Well, thank you. My goal, my goal is to hit my first goal is to hit a three three three. Now, now to me, that's that's I'm 69 years old. That's you know, and uh, and I'm in good shape, but. But I'm close. I'm 340, so I'm getting real close. Of course, everybody teases me everywhere. Uh, Jackass Giles and, and uh, Rodeo Romeo and and uh, uh, Victorious and all them. They'll hit a 333 and turn around and holler at me, you know, and say, hey, Jesse, and I'll shut up. <laughs> but that is my ultimate goal is to hit that and make that my average. Oh, Once yeah. I do that, that's my goal. And I don't set a second goal until I hit that goal because I don't believe in setting a bunch of goals. But when I hit that, then I'll set a new goal. But until I get to that point, that's why I'm fixing to practice here in a little bit, see if I can get below that 340 and, and shoot, you know. Uh, I have shot a 332, but that was just pulling super fast. And anyway, got lucky. But anyway, beside that point, uh, that's my ultimate goal in, in fast draw, whether it be – XFDA or Cowboy Fast Draw, that's the two only organizations that I really have time for, and so I spend all my time doing that. So uh, second goal, nah, not yet until I get my first, and then when I get my first, we'll take off. Sassy's gold. Now, I got I got to bring Sassy into this, even though she's not here. She's my lady, and uh, she loved it, and her goal is to hit three threes in one setting is what she wants to do in, in one round. In she one round, three, yeah. Three. yeah, and then she'll change her goal to, to something better. But she said, I'm not going to set a second goal. I'm, I'm going to be like you. I'm going to keep 
keep on my first one and take off with it. There's no plan B in what we're doing. It's only plan A. Right. You know, and we get that get that plan A gun, then we'll have another plan A. We don't, we never go to B. A B to us is losers, you know. So we have to move on. So that's who we are and that's what we're doing. And we love every minute of it. I like it. Sounds good. Well, anything else for us in the crowds out here today that you'd like to pass on? Yes, I I would like to say that that for our people that are out there that are listening, most of them are all shooters, and uh, I wish some of the shooters would get other people uh, to listen to the podcast so that they can understand who the shooters are in your podcast from all over the United States. Uh, we have a big membership in both organizations, and uh, I think it is just fantastic if people that didn't shoot sat and listened to the podcast so that they would go find a shoot and join in. So everybody that's out there that's going to hear this when it comes out, play it again for people that are thinking about this and let them listen to it stuff because I think that's where we get our members at. And once you're hooked, hey, man, you're in all the way, 100%. And with that said, uh, Sassy and I are just having the time of our, la- our life, and, uh, and that's what we want to do. When we retire, we want to go across the country and from – from the East Coast to the West Coast and just hit shoots after shooting after shooting. That's how we want to retire. I think that's a phenomenal goal right there. That one goes along with myself and my own wife's goals. That's the ultimate plan for us as well. So hopefully we'll all reach it here eventually. And uh, what a time that'll be. So. Well, oh, yeah, we could all get together and travel together, and we'll just have a caravan going down the road. We'll, we'll have to uh, we'll have to put wraps on our trailers, gunfighters. Yeah, now sounds good to me. How fast do you think you are? <laughs> you want to see how fast you might have fared in the 1800s? Pull us over. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, guys, I do appreciate y'all's time and trouble of doing this. Absolutely, y'all do sir. do a great job. Yeah, uh-huh. we, uh, we do appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your time being on here with us today. And uh, thank you all, everybody, for tuning in. Remember what Jesse said. Tell your friends. Make sure everybody's listening. And, folks, we'll do this again real soon.